Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast where every week we bring you two fast-paced 15-minute episodes, one with beauty mastermind guests and the other, which I'm doing today, my solo chat on trends in tech and media. If you like the podcast, I hope you'll leave a rating and or review and hit the subscribe button. And if you'd like to get early access to new episodes, sign up for my free weekly newsletter over at socialbeautymakers.com. I'm Gordon Miller. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. All right. So today I'm sharing another in a series of solo talks on where we are headed as an industry. Last week, I talked about trade media. And in the coming weeks, I'll talk events, distribution, and brands. And today I'm talking online learning, something I've been obsessed with for literally decades, going all the way back to the early days of the internet. And my work as VP over at Pivotpoint and president of Milady Publishing. The pandemic clearly pushed us all firmly into the online learning space. We saw a huge adoption across many categories of online learning and related platforms and our larger industry, followed by a post-lockdown epic drop in participation, engagement, and for sure, in purchases from what I've seen and what I hear. Um, and this all begs the question of you know, how much is that drop in interest, quote unquote, is, is a function of the pandemic being over versus a perhaps less than satisfying experience online? How much of the decline relates to an actual return to real-time education relative to the numbers of people who did so in the past? Has that, has that really happened? Are we at that same level? My gut is, I don't think so, not quite yet. Um, and, and how much relates to online learning as we currently see it being done, um, perhaps not capturing the attention of pros um, in, in a way that's meaningful versus lastly, um, post-pandemic, busy. Um, how many people are not participating because they've opted out simply because they're too busy in the salon? All those things matter. And all of those things also make me ponder the really big question. Are we designing online learning opportunities that recognize the experience or recognizing that the experience matters online as much as it does in the classroom? In fact, I would say because it's kind of new for so many, it matters more. And I'm not seeing that many experiences that really excite me about our potential to serve more learners by way of online. I'll be honest and say I'm not really that excited as to what I see on the larger platforms in our industry, those I would hope would lead in innovation versus mostly kind of doing what we do in real time, but doing it online. And I, I think that's a huge miss. Something that doesn't get much attention um, is that real-time education has been with us for many, 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 many decades. And in spite of our best efforts, we still have industry-wide big pain points that exist in part due to a knowledge and skill gap amongst individual professionals and collectively a very large group of professionals. And, and I, I, I can't help but ask a bunch of questions because of this. And starting with, what if we could use e-learning to fill those gaps, to help more make better livings and have longer careers? If you think about these, these big pain points that we, we talk about, whether it's you know, younger professionals or, or people have been at it for quite a while, um, I think you know, it's um, important to say that in spite of having great real-time education across the industry, um, in so many different ways, we still have these gaps. Um, and I would argue we're not reaching people the way that we need to, not enough of them. Next question, what if we use online learning to help salons train more professionals? At a time when in-salon education, including apprenticeships and assistant programs for some, is actually waning. 
Um, it, this is a time when budgets in salons and education continue to be quietly cut across much of the industry. What if we can help empower more entry-level professionals? One of the biggest pain point points the industry has, has ever had. Um, this is a very much at-risk group. The majority of them don't make it past the first three years of their career. And so again, oh, and let me add to that. These are digital natives. These Many of these young people um, are digital natives. They, they grew up with digital. And so the idea that we can't help them through online learning, the right form, the right approach to online learning, that's just counterintuitive for me. And how do we help those regardless of experience level across the entire industry, across generations? How do we help them, those who are looking to acquire new skills, but aren't able to get to real-time classes or enough real-time classes or any real-time classes? How do we use digital to help with that? And how can we use online learning to stem the growing number of professionals who give up on their careers every year? And it feels like it's getting worse. What if we can create sustainable success for more? How powerful would that be? And what if we can use online learning to, to better support independence, to get more of what they want and need? We're seeing a, a real increase in, in turnover in suites. And we're also seeing what feels like an increase in inexperienced professional just jumping straight into suites. And so what if we can help fill in some of those gaps, the things that are missing educationally in the independent space? The same exact question, I would say, relates to minority communities, professionals, not being served by the larger industry. How can we use online learning to fill in some of those big, long-standing gaps, gaps that real-time education has yet to fill? And what if those who actively participate in real-time education and want to keep learning more, but can't afford, perhaps, because of finances or time or lack of ability to get to where in-person classes are happening, what if we can get them more education online, education that they could relate to and respond to and, and want to come back to? And perhaps most importantly, how can we actively, purposely, pointedly use online learning to help those with ongoing, general, limited access to real-time education for many reasons? Some of it's geographical. You live in Alaska, I don't think you have as much access to education if you live in Chicago. Um, this is an issue that's very real for very many, and more so, I think, than we even realize. So a really important question. And related to every one of those questions, how can we do it in a way that offers online learning opportunities that are better? Related to this. A different question to consider. What if more who tried online learning had the kind of digital learning experience that makes them want to come back for more? We're, we're, we're an industry that understands experience. We're an industry that's all about creating experience for guests. And I would hope in the educational space for learners, regardless, again, of age, generation, experience today, I would say more than ever for all of us, um, is, it matters. Um, it's essential that we create the kind of experience that's memorable. Um, that's life-changing as often as we can. So this, of course, varies relative to the kind of in-person learning we're talking about. If we want to think kind of old school, workshops versus look and learns, for example, different experiences, small group learning versus perhaps demos to larger groups, different experiences. In the best real-time experiences, as an example, learners get feedback. We also have in real-time education 
kind of a, a form of social learning. We learn better by being in groups. Um, the big idea of learning together is it, really just so powerful, so very powerful, um, as, as well as the connectivity that we can have with the educator. So kind of thinking about all that, education without feedback is a problem. In some ways, you could almost say it's not education. The lack of connectivity, that human connection that happens in real-time classes, kind of a, I don't know, a, a form of community or baby steps towards community when it's done right, that is a huge mess. Most importantly, though, these shortcomings can be overcome, but few are doing it in, in the digital space, as most producers of online learnings are, are simply recording perhaps some editing, but they're simply recording and sharing live education. Whether it's you know an event or in the studio, it doesn't really matter. It's just a different version of live education coming to us by way of screens. Is that, that's frustrating for me. I think that it, it kind of um, gives little consideration for the unique efficiencies that online learning at its best can provide. We should all be looking for efficiency in education. Um, because the more time we can save in getting someone to learn something means there's more time to practice and, and to implement those learnings. And that's really big. And it's, it's kind of an essential part of, of the thought process in creating great online learning. And most today are kind of doing long form content as e-learning. Sometimes the content is longer than sitting in a demo class. Like that drives me crazy. So, you know, an hour demo and to watch that same hour demo take 90 minutes online, is, I, I have to scratch my head. Um, so again, efficiencies, they really matter. And I just don't see our industry kind of digging into that big idea in a, in a way that, that is meaningful. All of that speaks to the critical issue of course and kind of larger um, educational design. Education requires design. We, we design classes and, and we do it hopefully in a thoughtful way. One of the things I think that I, I don't see enough of is learning paths. Um, they're essential to maximize value on a platform. Giant libraries of, of hundreds of courses or whatever the number might be sorted simply by topic, cut, color, texture. That's such a lost opportunity. It's important that we do our best to provide learners with a blueprint to get to wherever it is they're looking to go. You know, how does a, a beginning cutter take advantage of the content on a platform versus somebody who has a lot of experience? How can we not just offer filters? Some of the filters on these platforms are just difficult to use, I would say, or the, res the results are underwhelming. And so I, I think, again, there's, there's opportunity there. Great educators in real time and online understanding teaching and learning methodologies kind of the science behind teaching and, and learning, big ideas that are not evident in really any of the larger platforms. And that I find to be really, really a challenge. Um, lastly, to maximize the opportunity that digital learning provides, we have to do better as educators online than we do in person. I, maybe that sounds counterintuitive, but we do. And it, it, it's different. Um, it, it's absolutely different. And, and again, we know that teaching in real time Again, in a live class to a small group versus a big group, that a whole lot of stuff changes in how we think about the presentation itself. You know, and, and I'll, I'll add to that. You, you know, sometimes I think we get stuck. We think, well, it's not really possible to do that. Perhaps a strange example, but I would say think of a play, a live play, like a Broadway show or something, um, and, and then the movie of that Broadway show. And what are some of the things that are thought about 
in that transition. And there's the learnings that we can apply here. Um, again, perhaps a stretch of a metaphor, but not that far off. The tools we have today to create exciting digital experiences are all around us. The examples of impactful, efficient, shorter form learning and teaching, um, it's actually inspiring. I'm paying a lot of attention to the the chefs and restaurants and, and, and education in that space. And I'm really, really excited by some of the shorter form content that I'm seeing that really makes me think hard about like what we are and we are not doing in our industry. And lastly, I'd, I'd add that I think we have general a, a generational issue in front of us with so many who are leading online platforms being Gen X or older. Um, they're doing what interests themselves. You know, they're projecting, I, I see it all around us. They are projecting themselves um, onto how they create content versus learners, and, and especially, again, younger learners, new generations of learners. And I, I would think that that really holds all of us back. Oh, so that's a lot of questions and more questions and answers in part because it's, it's critical we sort out what the questions are. Um, I'm learning that with artificial intelligence. It's how you frame your questions is really, really important as to what the answers actually come back to you as. So really important that we, we think hard about these questions. Um, and, and that's part of the process of taking us to a better place. A place that meets the needs and expectations of more, more people, more professionals in an effort to better the industry by bettering the lives and careers of professionals in a contemporary way, in a way that rises to the challenge of thinking of learning in a way that aligns with the power of the platform. Big picture, I'd say it's time that we kind of got out of our own way. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> so, and um, I, I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I will say that I have confidence that in time, our industry will sort out how to best meet the needs of online learners and not to the detriment of real-time education, but rather will do it in a way that serves and empowers more professional. We've long said that education is the key to success in this industry, and yet we too often get stuck in kind of an either-or um, thinking about real-time versus digital. And, and, and that in itself is a huge challenge. We need to let go of that very old idea and think with clarity about how do we serve the needs of more in ways that create the kind of value we, we know really matters. A bit of a rant, again, a lot of questions, um, but I enjoyed that. Um, I, I hope it kept some of you thinking. And um, let me end by saying if you like the podcast, I appreciate it. If you consider a rating or review, maybe subscribe or, or better yet, share all to help others find the podcast. I hope you'll visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com. Sign up for our free newsletter, get more content, early access to the podcast. Uh, let me close by saying once again, I'm Gordon Miller. I cannot wait to share more with you next time.